Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tasting. We are ecstatic for you guys to be with us this time. I am not always ecstatic about this one because... Dad, what are we doing this week? We're doing beers. Again. What what type of beer? We're doing IPAs. Uh, (laughs) That was something you said, okay, I'll try it. I know. Um, it's, uh, It's been a week preparing for this one, you know knowing that we're going to go ahead and do IPAs. Um, I, uh, but I think we've got some good, we're going to have some good food and stuff. And I, I think I've actually had both of these IPAs before. Right. So I'm sure you have. It's going to be good. So what are you doing as your uh, beer and snacks? I'm doing Diamond Bear two term. And for my snacks, I've got some smoked chicken, some grilled brats, and I cook those in Diamond Bear two term. And I have a pork belly sandwich, and I put that on the grill as well. What uh, do you have, Josh? So for my pairings this week, I have the Lagunitas India Pale Ale, the Lagunitas IPA, and I have some fried Brussels sprouts with crispy bacon and blood orange. I have a New York strip with some of our Gates seasoning rub on it, and then I have a Meyer lemon rosemary creme brulee oh man that sounds good which took forever to brulee <laughs> we, our, we didn't have a our torch wasn't working right so it was just like a really big flame when well, i was doing it but it uh, it took a while but it, it came out it came out really well i'm excited about it so yeah yeah well we had the blind we did a wine wine blind last week and what was it dad it was mesa campo Fori, 2016 and it came from italy so I got to bust you out a little bit on this one. Oh, no. <laughs> so I got that one wrong. No. I did get it. it. <laughs> partially right because you said Italy, and now you can bust my chops about the rest. I got the, I got the country correct. So I'm going to give it to you, by the way, so don't bust me too hard. <laughs> well, when we first started this, I, I had given my dad a list of, at the one of the next levels where I would blind, they have a list of wines that are acceptable in that in the test or that couldn't styles that could be on the tell test. me it wasn't on the list no campo fiori was not on the on the advanced list i forgot to take the list uh, to the liquor store josh but it's okay no that was okay and it was one of the reasons that i was kind of like i think this is what this is but i don't i wasn't really confident about it well because it wasn't well first of all <laughs> you know you you didn't say it was new world you said old world, bingo. You didn't say it was France. You said Italy, right? Bingo. So, so I might have, I might have passed. Like if this was an exam, I might have passed on that wine because of I would have gotten enough points for the other things that I had said about the wine. I think so too. But so I'm giving it to you. Okay. I'll, well, I'll take it. So yeah. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and get into our IPA. So uh, I'm going to be going first because the Lagunitas IPA is a single IPA, and my dad has a double IPA, and we'll kind of uh, we'll kind of talk about what those mean here in a minute uh, as we're going through because there's a there's a lot that that goes on with IPAs. And the brewing of IPAs and dad, I'm going to, you'll get into that. I'm sure being a brewer because you brewed, you brewed an IPA, didn't you? Oh yeah. So, but once again, uh, I have the Lagunitas IPA and my snacks are a, some fried Brussels sprouts with crispy bacon and blood oranges, uh, a New York strip steak that's cooked, uh, medium rare, 
and then a Meyer lemon rosemary creme brulee. So I think we'll we'll kind of taste through in that order. So that's good. What yeah. do you see? What do you see in this beer? Well, I'm seeing a, a beautiful amber color, and it has a nice white head to it. Got a it's, lot of carbonation. A lot. Yeah, I was gonna say because I've got bubbles coming up still, and we poured these maybe ten or fifteen minutes ago. Yeah. So it's sort of like that, uh, almost like that champagne or that bubbly, sparkly. Right. That man, there's some beautiful effervescent coming up. And then on the nose, oh, I get those wonderful hops. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know what the hop is that they use. I don't really know what the hop is that Diamond Bear uses, but it's probably a frugal, noble hop mm-hmm. that gives you that uh, kind of earthy, sweet smell. Right. What do you get on the nose? Have so you noticed on, it yet? I mean, it smells of a pine forest and resin. Yeah, we- here we go. That's what I smell. <laughs> yeah. It, it, that's what it smells like to me. It smells like of um like pine resin or pine tar, um, a good, you know, pine forest. And with there's some citrus back there. I know as well. Josh means that in a good way, but it didn't quite sound like it. When they when they do this IPA, they are following the really old style of IPA. So this is going to be a very traditional IPA to what they used to be like back in the day. And we'll kind of talk about (laughs) in a a little bit, but you know, I get that piney, that citrusy, it doesn't really say what, um, which hops are used to make this. Um, they just say that they use 43 different types of hops and 65 variations of malt. Um, so, so they, they, they worked really hard to kind of get this and get this again. So on the, like when you taste it, you know, taste, there is, there's some, there's some fruity citrusiness in there. Um, but it's mostly that pine, um, pine flavor to me, dad, what about you? I get the same thing, Josh. Um, it's really you know, I really like it. It's it's one of my go-tos when I want a, a nice pale ale, an IPA, rather. Um, you know, they're they're hoppy, so you expect that. Right. Now, you know, what'd you say? Did you say 43 different hops? Well, that's what it, that's what it said. And Yeah, I'm reading that, too. And that, that's really And a amazing. bunch of different malts. So I guess they're trying to tell us it's a secret. <laughs> yeah. I don't care it's you know right that's okay have you ever been to this location and i have they're not in california i have not been to lagunitas um have you been there did you yeah, guys go marie, there marie took me there and it's a uh it's a nice location now this was way way pre-covid probably about i want to say eight to ten years ago mm-hmm. we went yeah and it's kind of off the beaten track i mean it's you have to really know that you're gonna go there yeah and uh it's a nice location they've got the outdoor they got some indoor and this is not the only beer they make Mm. they make one called hop stupid (laughs) yeah they are so lagunitas is one of the was one of the big boys that just ran straight into the hop game like they were putting out doubles and triples and triple imperials and i even think they did a quad a quad um ipa one time 
Well, you know, they've only, they started around in the nineties mm-hmm. and kind of around that time there was, you know, that was kind of one of the big times for hops for being, you know, going out, going after the hops and they just have stuck to it. They actually also have a hop water that they oh, make. Really? I hadn't uh-huh. heard of that. They do. Yeah. It's non-alcoholic and it's just, it's hop flavored water. Mm-hmm. that they do so they are they are all about hops they are all <laughs> about the hops i mean they do they do actually have a, a stout a couple stouts in there and some other other types of beers but their main one they go for are the hot forward styles now basically there's uh three different kinds of hops now that's not to say there's three uh different hops there's different kinds and the first kind is aroma hops now that's a hop that you put in you know as a brewer, you're going to put that in, and the purpose of that hop is to give your beer aroma so that when you nose it, you smell that hop. And then there's what's called a bittering hop, and that hop is put in typically later during the boil, but you could put it in it whenever you wanted to. But what that hop is doing is it has a higher alpha acid percentage which means it's going to have this bitterness to it. And when you taste the beer, you're going to get that bittering. And then the third kind of hop is a dual purpose hop. Now, one of the, one of the ones is the Northern Brewer, which has both qualities. It has both the aroma and it has both the bittering. So you could use that in either category, either aroma or bittering. Now, I did find, Josh, that Cascade is one of the hops they're using. And Cascade is that citrus that you yeah. smell. And maybe you're saying it's the pine because mm-hmm. that's kind of a citrusy smell. Well, so I break it. I, there is a distinct smell when it comes to IPAs to me. And it is, it, there is like that citrusy pine-iness. But it is honestly like pine sap or pine tar. Oh, okay. It's it's really, really specific. That resiny that resiny smell and taste. And go ahead and start trying it with some of the food because it the Brussels sprouts are really it's an interesting pairing. Okay. Um but it's a really like specific resin tar um type of uh, type of taste that that I get specifically with IPAs. I don't get it with anything else. Like, but well, unless it's like a pale ale that's you know overly hopped. But um, so it's just it's one of those things for me. It's it can be done well, right? But it can be way overdone really easily. Okay, in my opinion. And I think like you're saying, it's the choice of hops that are used and how they use them in their boils, or if they dry hop versus you know boil hopping. Um, and it just, it creates such a wide world of beers. Mm -hmm. So just a little bit of history while he's tasting a little bit about the IPA. So IPA stands for India pale ale. And what would happen is back when the British empire, the sun never set on the British empire, Mm -hmm. they wanted beer everywhere and they wanted their beer. And they would ship their beer from England to India. And it took months. And it took months because this is way before the Panama Canal. So they had to go all the way down 
underneath South America and come back up. Well, in, in that time that it would travel, the beer would spoil. Right. It would go bad just because it's, you know, sitting out on the deck or in a hot hole. Of a ship. But those poor bastards still drank it because it had alcohol in it. (laughs) They probably did. Right. Or they they took it and distilled it into gin. Maybe. (laughs) Or something like that. (laughs) But so what ended up happening is hops are actually a natural preserver. Exactly. So they would add a bunch of hops to the barrels of beer before they would ship. And they would be this special pale ale that would go to India or this India pale ale. And it just brought this hobby flavor that they just fell in love with. Right. You know, because there is even a, we talk a lot about IBAs being bitter. You know, the IBUs, we talk a lot about IBUs. The IBUs on this beer is only like 53 mm-hmm. or 56. Uh, it's not. Now, is in, that the perceived IBU? No, that is the, that's the, <laughs> that's the International Bittering Union, okay. unit uh, IBU. Um, well, and so that's my point is this beer is run-of-the-mill when it comes to the bittering. There are stouts that are have in the 50s, 51.5 IBU. Okay. And six, 6.2% alcohol. So 0.5. That's weird, isn't it? It's science. It's science. We have decimals right. in science. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. just didn't round it up on their website. So that bittering effect is kind of why I picked the uh, Brussels sprouts, because Brussels sprouts are kind of a bitter green. Uh, they've been fried in bacon fat, and there are some little crispy. What bi- could go wrong there, Josh? <laughs> there's some little crispy. There's some little crispy bacon bits there, and then some blood orange to cut through the fat. And it used to, you know, Brussels sprouts that come out, and my mom would, you know, they're healthy, they're good for you, and bless her heart, she didn't know how to cook them, so she just boiled them. Yeah, boiled or steamed, and and no, she didn't steam. She boiled them, Ugh. and they were nasty and a mush well yes now these you've charred them somehow so you put them in the oven i think i saw you doing that the char is actually from the from frying them from frying them okay i fried them in a cast iron skillet after i'd rendered a bunch of bacon bacon ends right and salt pork well what happened was i tasted them and i i got that lovely char and then i tasted the beer and the beer and the, and the char, they just went together. Mm. I mean, yeah, you know, the, the bittering of the beer with the bittering of the Brussels sprouts, they complemented each other. Right. Now, the char kind of complemented the, I guess, the bittering as well. And then you get the sweetness from the beer. They just put it all together. Right, and it's you that's know, a good pairing, by the way. Yeah, and so it's a it's a fun little pairing, and I am usually not known for pairing vegetables with um, food because so I was really... your uh, friend Jordan that came up with that uh, idea. No, I came up with this. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> I like so I actually enjoy fried Brussels sprouts because they do get you get that crispy crunch, the char, that caramelization, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it cuts down on the bitterness, and the fat also cuts through the bitterness a little bit. And since you were doing meat on meat on meat on your plate, <laughs> I decided right. to go ahead and lighten it up a little bit and add this dish to it. And I think it came out really well. I think it did too. Having those, those, like you said, the, the bittering, the kind of bitter of the char, the caramelization, it all kind of goes with the beer and kind of brings out some of that. Now, if you're not careful and you get just some of the like 
almost like it's been steamed on the inside. Just some of the regular Brussels sprout by itself. Right. And right. the beer, to me, it go, it just goes way too bitter. Oh, okay. Because the, the bitter on bitter. Now, somebody who enjoys that may like it a lot more than I do, which may be why you're really, you enjoy the pairing. Sounds like you enjoy the pairing more than I do. It's a good one. But some of that bitter. Hey, you told us what the IBUs are. What's the ABV of this beer? It's 6.2. Okay. So kind of in the middle of the road there. Right. And that, you know, it, it's like we first said it's just an ipa it's not right. a double and it's not an imperial so right um while i'm gonna go ahead and start taking this taste in the sake dad why don't you kind of talk us through how an ipa just a standard ipa is brewed okay like kind of how how is how are they made and then if you want to go ahead and, and start talking about like double and triple and kind of what what do those terms mean well, an ipa is really a pale ale that you have kicked up and so it's an ale as opposed to a lager so that means that it is bottom fermented you don't have to put it in that cold uh location like you would a lager you know your your chemistry of it is not a whole lot different than a pilsner but of course a pilsner is really really light so you're going to want something that has more bittering and and more flavor and more aroma so you're going to up the hops and typically you know you don't have to up the malt but you're going to use a different malt you're going to use a malt that gives it more of that roasted flavor there's so all be, there's it'll all, be a little bit darker of a yeah malt. right well there's all kinds of different malts if you will and you can go from one end of the spectrum all the way to a black or chocolate malt, which you would use in a in a stout or a porter. Or a black IPA. Or a black IPA, that's right. So, in essence, that's all you're doing, is you're just taking a, a pale ale, and with the IPA, the Indian pale ale, you're going to kick up, you're going to kick those hop up. As you said, it's preservative. So, is it mostly done in the... So it's done later in the boil, or it's mostly aroma hops that are added. Well, extra you're gonna do aroma. Both. You're... Well, yeah, you're going to do both, but the indie, the the kicking up of the of the of the hops happens in. You're putting in more of aroma hops than you would on just a normal pale ale. Well, that's right. Okay, so it's not it's not just the initial it's not just the initial hop is extra. But you're going to have more bittering too than you would like a pilsner. Okay, so all no, no matter what the both. hops are, yeah. no matter what You're both hops both. are going we're up. Ho- we're putting hops in there. <laughs> hops and on the hops more, on hops. The more the better. So then what about a double IPA? What is that? Well, um, we'll, we'll get into what two-term. Oh, we'll term, get, okay, we'll, we'll get, get into, into what two-term is, but typically it's going to be a higher IBUs and it's going to be a higher ABV. Now, you said something about a triple. Yep. And I'm not that familiar with triples. It could be that it's a triple is like, you know, eleven well, percent ABV maybe. So it, and then the IBUs might be over a hundred. So it, it was explained to me. Remember when we in the Belgian episode when we talked about like Belgian quads, mm-hmm. and it kind of originated as you know recipe amounts. Right. So it, it, at one point, it was kind of explained to me that, you know, a double IPA 
has double the amount of hops of a normal IPA. A triple would have triple the amount. Now, I don't, I don't know if is there anything that deals with the alcohol, but um, it was explained to me once. It was explained to me that way. I mean, you're obviously going to have to have more malt to to well, the more put malt in you put in, yeah, the more malt you put in, the more fermentable yeast you're going to have, right? So that so that the yeast can ferment those sugars to make more alcohol. Right. So maybe it's just a natural process of the doubling and the tripling. Right. It, I think it really is. You know, Lost 40 here in town, they're big hop guys mm-hmm. as well. They do, uh, I think it's in May. It may be in the fall, but I think it's actually uh, in the spring. When they were doing their fresh cuts every week, mm-hmm. they would take a, a whole month and every fresh cut that they did would be their one of their IPAs, but they would focus on a particular type of hop. Right. So they would have, you know, I always call it galaxy hops, but I know it's not called galaxy, but they would use something that has like mostly galaxy hops mm-hmm. or Amarillo, uh, Amarillo hops right. or Citra. Or Hori- like they'll they'll or- take it and they'll focus it. Um, and it was really interesting because I made myself go to those. That was back when I was going every week. Mm-hmm. And I made myself taste through them. And it was interesting that you could really tell the difference between um, what, what hop is you. Exactly. It's almost like it's like a grape variety. Now with uh, Lagunitas, finally scrolled down, there's like five different hops. Or, right, five, five different hops. You know, that kind of, that, that gets really complicated. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to do an easy beer, you could do one of those hops that is dual purpose and just call it good because you're going to get both the aroma and the bitter right or the next simplest is to have one hop for aroma right and one for bitter yeah and you know it's really cool to see the see the brewers kind of mess around with it and i guess you know thinking about it it seems like ipas have a little bit more play to them like you can manip you can play with the recipe easier than you can some of the other beers like stouts, you're going to have a standard thing and it's going to go this way because you're not really, you can change the malt a little bit, but it's with IPAs, you can really start switching out those hops and there's hundreds of varieties of hops that are grown and that's going to allow the brewers to be more experimental. Like if you're exactly, because if you're trying to make a nice little Pilsner, you don't want it to be bitter, right? You want it to have a light aroma and a light color. And so if you make a mistake, all of a sudden now, maybe it's a pale ale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think I said in, in our sour episode that uh, I never made a sour unless it was a mistake. Right. And same thing with, you know, with stouts and porters, you know, you can hide a lot of your mistakes behind that darkness of the beer. Right. So have you tried the steak yet with it? I have. That's really and good. I think you used some of our, I think you said earlier, you used some of the gates. I did. Yeah. Because and, it, it, it gates is just a touch spicy right and then i added some extra cracked black pepper um for the beef so yeah so what do, what do you think about it well so i'm i got the spice and my mouth is still going with the spice but when i drink the beer i got the sweetness of the beer then i get that little bit of bittering that kind of goes with that spice so they they kind of complement each other from that kind of angle the spiciness and the bitterness and then that steak has some sweetness because it's it's not charred, it was cooked 
medium rare, I think. Yeah, it was medium rare. So it has that sweetness, and it really worked well with this beer. Yeah, to me, the a lot of that hop aroma kind of goes away. Yeah. With that, pine, that pininess kind of goes away. And that was, honestly, that was one of the things I was trying to do in my pairings to find, because I don't enjoy that. Um, and I, I think it's the spice. I think it's actually the spice level is kind of what calms down that pininess and you're you're noticing the sweetness or the malt level of the beer a little bit more. Yeah. So in in a lot of our taste, our smell is when you smell yes. it and then you taste it, you're putting those two together. So the t- the smell of the steak with with the spiciness on. Yeah. Kind of gives it that spicy taste. Same thing with beer, but like you said, now I smell the beer and I don't I don't get that aroma like we did before. Right. It kind of, I don't know if it's just dissipating just based on oxidation, um, but it's, it's definitely not there as much. And so, you know, it's a, this is a, this is a really solid IPA. This is one of those IPAs that are for people who are just getting into beer, just getting into IPAs. It's, or even for somebody who really doesn't care for IPA, it's approachable. It's very food friendly, as we've seen. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I think it would go well with anything we have on the table today. I think there's lower uh, IBU IPAs. Yeah, but this one's like middle of the road, six percent out, six and a half, whatever you said, and you can find the- it anywhere. Oh yeah, I mean, this is one of those beers that is li- almost literally everywhere. I think I so I went to a couple of different <laughs> grocery stores today when I was buying some of my stuff and getting a couple other things and it was at every single place I went, uh-huh. it was, it's at every, it's at every liquor store. Mm-hmm. I would have a chance to say, and it's a, it's a really good solid beginner IPA. There are some that, like you said, they're probably a little bit less on the bittering, but they may be a little bit more on the hop hop level, but this is a really nice IPA and there are actually pale ales. And this is one of, I'm going to get on a soapbox here. There are some pale ales that taste like this, and it bugs me. Because a pale ale, yes, it's supposed to have hops in it, but it's not supposed to be so hoppy. Right. You know, it's it bugs me. But, you know, there are a couple local places. I'm not going to name names because I'm talking bad about them. Don't. But their pale ales taste like IPAs. Mm. They're very hop forward. And remember when um, when you blinded me on the Montana podcast? Right. Remember, they called that one a juicy, mm-hmm. a juicy pale ale. And juicy is one of those words that's kind of a code word for hops. Okay. Um, that's why I was like, man, that's an IPA. Right. And the, the IBUs on that was pretty high, too. So, Well, now the hop stupid, I, I mentioned that earlier. It's got an ABV of 8%. Okay. And the IBUs is 102. So it is not your entry level. <laughs> no, it is. By any stretch of the imagination. It is not. And not everybody's just standard IPA is an entry-level IPA. No. So, like, stone, stone brewing. If you are a hophead and you don't know about stone brewing, you need to find some stone, stone right. beer. Because they are big hopheads, and, like, their entry-level IPA is just, it's way hoppier than this one. I am going in for the dessert, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, tell us about it. Okay. Before you get too far ahead of me. So... This is a, um, 
It's a creme brulee. And it is Meyer lemon and rosemary. Ooh, so, for me, my two notes for IPAs, pine and citrus. So I decided, I think that would go well with lemon and rosemary. And I was able to find some Meyer lemons because they're a little bit sweeter, a very distinct, uh, distinct flavor. And I was like, rosemary, that's going to go really well. Like this to me tastes like a dessert version of an IPA. Oh, really? Okay. Like if you want to know what I taste in most IPAs, this is kind of it. All right. That, that piney and then that citrus and a little bit of sweetness. And it is really good, by the way. <laughs> Not quite as set as I wanted it to be because it's kind of warmed up uh, since we've been out. But it's really good. That sugary crust on it with beer just makes that beer so sweet. Yeah. But it also but accentuates the hop. It does. It really makes the hops show out of this beer. Well, and then the rosemary comes in play. And there you have it. I mean, yeah. we, we've got a a duel going on between the oiliness of the hop and the oiliness of the rosemary. Yeah, and so the way I did this was when you make creme brulee, you want to heat up your cream and you steep whatever flavor you want in it. So I zested some Meyer lemons into the into the cream and the sprig of rosemary. I didn't chop up the rosemary either. I just kind of broke it up. And I let that come up with the cream to a boil. Oh, okay. When it came, when it, once it came to the boil, turn it off, let it steep for 15 minutes, and then strain it out and, you know, add it to the eggs and sugar and then finish the regular creme brulee method. Okay, listeners. So what do you think? You know what he did? He showed me up from last mean, week. I didn't mean to. No, I don't think you meant to, but you did. That is really, really good. Thank you. I'm going to put that to the side yeah, so we'll that have, I don't eat the whole thing. We'll have some more of that later. I'm going to try that with the, um, with the two-term. It's going to be interesting. You know. But I think, I mean, that's really, it's, I mean, that's a really, really good pairing. Mm-hmm. And I was worried because, uh, you know, you got to be careful with sweetness, with desserts and pairing, because you got to, you don't want something to be too sweet and make it make what you're tasting really bitter and that would be really bad in my opinion with the ipa because it would just make it more bitter <laughs> exactly and so i i'm 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 very pleasantly surprised by this dessert i never made it before oh you hadn't it worked out did well now yeah. do you have a double boiler where you no so you actually so the way so you beat the eggs and the sugar together until they get lighter in color mm-hmm. and then you add the warm cream the warm cream mixture into the egg. Right. Then you put it in the ramekins. Right. And you put it in a, in a pan with a water bath. Like I did. Like you did. And then 325 for 40 ish, 40 to 45 minutes, depending on how long it takes to get it. You want it to be set and you want it to jiggle. Uh huh. Right. So that's what I did. And then you, then you let it cool. Supposed to let it cool for a couple hours. That's why these aren't as firm. As other exactly. ones, it didn't, it didn't chill long enough or they just mine ran out of time. Mine didn't chill long enough either. And so then it's, um, and I always double strain. So I always strain the mixture as I'm putting it into the ramekins, just in case there's any kind of like something cooked eggs. <laughs> yeah. 
Which is, I mean, it, it can happen. It sure can. So, are you ready to... We can switch over. Switch over. You're ready. I mean, is there anything else you want to know about my beer? No, I know that beer is great beer. <laughs> okay. And for the listener's sake. Now, you said you can find it anywhere. I, I don't know if it's overseas or not. Now, it might Diamond be. Bear is not as far-reaching as Lagunitas. Oh, yeah. Right. It's, D- pretty, much, it's pretty much local. Um, Oklahoma, I think it goes to Oklahoma. Oklahoma. I, I'd have to, their their website. Uh, Maybe Oklahoma, Missouri, and Texas. I, I didn't see that on the website to know, but I know they're reaching out, and they're making more and more. But for our listeners overseas, I don't think you can find it. Right. Maybe you can find Lagunitas. I don't know. Uh, that may be. I don't know if they're across the ocean. They may be. In, I'm pretty sure they're in Canada. But you can find IPAs anywhere. Right. So let's go ahead and switch over to yours and remind us what it is and what your pairings are. So it's a Diamond Bear two-term, a double, like Josh said. And then I have I have the smoked chicken. And cut to the chase on that. I, I bought it. And then I grilled some broths, but you boil the broths in beer, and I use the two-term beer, and then you put it on the grill. Now, these are just plain old broths. They don't have the cheese in them. They don't have the jalapeno in them. That's just plain old broths. And then I have a pork belly sandwich. Now, pork belly sandwich, uh, you bought it at Trader. Trader's. Yeah, they have already, fully, fully cooked pork belly. Yeah, it's already cooked, but I... Wanted to heat it up. You have to heat it up anyway. Right. So I kind of uh, put a little uh, salt and uh, white vinegar and put it on the grill, heated it up. That's how I made the sandwich. I put on the plate some uh, yellow uh, mustard that you could use to put in the broth or you could put it on the sandwich. I don't have a dessert. Too bad. <laughs> I did the full meat thing. Yeah, meat on meat on meat. Exactly. All right, so let's go ahead and switch over to the Diamond Bear two-term Ale. So it's a two-term. It's a double IPA. I looked all over the can and did not see the percentage. It, when it came out, it's like 9.9%. Yeah, it's and, up there. And 90 IBUs. I think they pulled it back a little to maybe eight and a half percent, but I think the IBUs probably stayed up there about nine. I'm I'm sure it did. (laughs) And it's much darker than the Lagunitas from the color. It's a dark amber, and I don't have much head now, but we've been going for about 30 30 minutes or so, so that's understandable. Uh, Effervescence, you really can't see it. Because it's such a darker beer. Yeah, it's very cloudy and amber. I mean, cloudy is not the right word. It's de- well, yeah, it is cloudy. It's just dense. It's a dense. It's a dense beer. It's you know really light on the head, like you said. You know, heavier beers, higher alcohol beers are going to have a harder time with carbonation, just because they're more viscous. And so, what I'm seeing, you know, I looked up a little bit. Right beer is calling it eight and a half percent. Right, Bravo's. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Eight and a half percent, and they don't have anything on its IBUs, but it's uh, it's definitely it's definitely up there. So, 
on the you when you smell it, you get a lot of rich malty notes on the nose of this one because it is a it's a double is it a double imperial or is it just considered a double? I think it's just considered a double. Okay, but you're looking on the can, so you can correct me if I'm wrong. wrong. It doesn't really say anything on the can. Now, one of the things that happened in Arkansas is that the definition of brewed beer <laughs> said you had to keep it at 5% or less. Yeah, it's and, really, there's a distributing issue. There's a distributing issue with that too. But um, what I recall, and I really couldn't find it in in uh, the Wi-Fi or in the in the notes by Googling, but what I recall is that Diamond Bear got the legislation changed. Oh, good and they, they needed to get it changed because they wanted to make a two-term. They wanted to make a double that meant it was going to be above 5%. And 5%, as you know, can be 5.6 or you know, there's some leeway, as we've talked before. Yeah. So they wanted to get it changed. They got the law changed so they could make it. And they, they basically made this beer in celebration of Bill Clinton's second term. Yeah, so Diamond Bear, for a long time, Diamond Bear was the only brewery in the state of Arkansas. They were the first brewery in Arkansas back in the early 90s. And they were the... Well, they started in 2000. The 2000? Right. But they were still they were still the only... They were the first, really, in the state of Arkansas. There's a little place called uh, Vino's uh, in Little Rock, mm-hmm. but he, he didn't really distribute Right. He just had a little pizza shop, pizza place, and made some beer. Yeah, so, it, you know, it's it's been around for quite a while. Um, so when you smell this beer, like I said, you get a lot of those roasty, caramely notes. But you, it, there's a little bit of citrus in there. You can definitely tell that there's hop there because um, it's a little bit more uh, nuanced when, it, when the hops come through. And, uh, but this is a big beer. I would say it's probably up around the nine, nine, nine. Yeah, that's that's what you know. That's what it originally was, and you know they've got a uh, they've got that leeway anyway, right? And so this, when you taste this beer, to me, this has more of that resiny, that kind of pine sap right. flavor in it, where it's not really, not really a whole lot of citrus going on. But you can definitely tell this is a high alcohol beer. It's very viscous. It's sweeter with all that malt that's going on, making it more of that amber color. It almost looks like a red ale. Now, do you know why it's called Diamond Bear? No, I don't. Well, in Arkansas, the first name of the state was called the Diamond State. And the reason is, in Murfreesboro, Arkansas, there are, is actually a diamond mine. The only one in North America. Mm, that's open to the public. It It's open to the public. And my brothers found maybe two or three very small diamonds. My other brother is so jealous he can't stand it, but he hasn't found the diamond yet. Wait, which one? The geologist or the, the non- geologist finds the diamond. Okay. The potter has not found the diamond, but he's gone more. More times. I was going to laugh. It was the other way around. <laughs> no, I don't do that. And then after Arkansas was called the Diamond State, they were called the Bear State. So that's where Diamond Bear got its name. 
Because we do have bears in Arkansas. Oh, we do, yeah. They're black bears. Yeah, black bears, not grizzly. Well, they started, like I, like I said earlier, they started in 2000 in Little Rock. And their mission statement is to provide the people of Arkansas and the surrounding region with their own local brewery, which produces great premium, all natural beer products, which reflect favorably on Arkansas and the surrounding area. Well, and one of their taglines is, so Arkansas is now called the natural state. And one of their taglines is beer in its natural state. That's right. And that's on the can. Right. And right. It's, so it's, it's one of those things that they, you know, they played around with all the names. Um, so I started, I had the, um, the pork belly sandwich and the fat, the fat of the pork belly and that unctuousness goes really well with this beer kind of cuts through some of that sweetness. It does reveal the hop a little mm-hmm. bit more to me mm-hmm. than, um, than it is just when I, when I drink it by itself. So you've met, you know, Russ, the owner, right? I have met him. Yes. And you've helped can or no bottle. You've helped bottle. Yes. And package there. Because for a while, what they would do is they'd, uh, at their old place, they would uh, get all their friends together, aka the people who would just hang out there all the time. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, oh, come on, help you. You can help us in the bottling line mm-hmm. and uh, free labor. Mm-hmm. And there was, oh, if the label's messed up, you can take one. If a cap's not on, you can, you know, put that, you can drink it. And so you did that quite a bit, didn't you? When you, first, when you first moved down here yes, by yes. yourself. Well, not in a long time. Well, I don't more, think they've done it now. It's more work than you think it is. Yeah, I don't think they do it anymore in their new location. I don't think they do either. Yeah, I think they stopped that when they moved from... You know, you can, get the, you can get the easy job of putting the, the uh, glue on the box and putting the box together. But I was always at the end of the line putting the beers into the box and carrying it over to the guys that were putting it on the on the uh, big big crates. Right. Now, they have several other beers. They have a Southern Blonde. They've renamed it now. And they the have? Southern, yeah. <laughs> what did they name I, it? What did they rename it? I don't know, Josh. I, I meant to find that. Uh, I think they decided that maybe that was not appropriate. Okay. Yeah. But Russ has always said he named it after his wife. Right. Because she's a Southern blonde. Right. And, the, you know, they had a Blondale. And then, you know, it's Arkansas, Arkansas is big for strawberries. So mm-hmm. they would do a strawberry. Yes, they have a strawberry blonde, blonde. ale. And they would call it the strawberry blonde. And they have a, they have a honey white, a pale ale, an Irish red, a downtown brown. The porter, their porter is really good too. The big trail porter. Yes. It used to be Paradise Porter. But now it's the now it's called the Pig Trail Porter. Yeah, they keep uh I, you know, I don't know why. Now there's a kind of a interesting story too. They had a beer that they called Ultra. Hmm. And it was a very uh low uh calorie beer similar to one called Michelob. Ultra. Michelob Ultra. Well, guess what happened? Let me guess. They got sued. They got sued by Anheuser Busch. Says, Mm-mm, you can't use the word Ultra. Well, that's just crazy. Well, Diamond Bear's lawyers said, Wait a minute. It's in the dictionary. 
It's uh, it doesn't say this word is only used by Michelo Ultra. So there was a little titting and tatting going on. And guess who won the lawsuit? Diamond Bear. Diamond Bear won the lawsuit. And guess what? They no longer make that beer. But they did win the lawsuit. <laughs> win the lawsuit. Eh, okay, we're done with this beer. Yeah, they called it Ultra Blonde. And the article I'm looking at, I think Ultra, as far as Michelob, it might have been in all caps or something. Well, and it's probably, so Michelob probably registered the name Michelob Ultra. They, that was they were in the, the process of doing that. Right. That's how it all happened. And so how, when they, because they probably can't just register a single word, like you said. No. So they probably had to call it Michelob Ultra. And then when Diamond Bear was like, oh, well, we're going to have an Ultra. They're like, well, no, you can't do that. And they're like, well, it's Michelob Ultra, not Diamond Bear Ultra. <laughs> Well, the you know the first thing that happened is is the the lawyer wrote a letter to Russ Melton and 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 boldly cease and desist. Yeah. Well, both pretty much cease and desist. He says uh, you may be subject to injunction, damages, tremble damages, an accounting of profits, and blah 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 blah. So it was like scare tactic. Oh yeah. So, but Diamond Bear won the lawsuit. So it, that's quite interesting. So it. Have you tried, what else have you tried, Josh? Well, I'm trying the brat right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so because you cook these in beer, mm-hmm. and that beer reduced down, mm-hmm. and it was this beer, the outside is like, almost like it's been sugared, because it's sweet. Yes, the mm-hmm. beer cooks down mm-hmm. to a point. There's, and typically, I'll put onions in the pan and caramelize the onions before I even put the beer in. I didn't. I didn't do that this time. I just put the put the beer in, got it going, put the brats in. The beer cooked down to where you're correct. So you get to the point where what's left yeah. is the sugars, almost like a syrupy. But because of that, and the the brat doesn't have a whole lot of spice to it. Got good flavor, but not a lot of spice. Once again, it to me. It brings out the hop of the beer, mm-hmm. and that sweetness kind of goes away, and you get that really like resiny, piney uh, type of type of flavor with the beer. Mm-hmm. Now you've been snacking on the chicken. What do you think about the chicken? Well, the chicken has a little little smoke to it. I got it at the Edwards grocery store. I didn't have time to smoke my own. I think I've done that before, mm-hmm. and so that smokiness. And this beer, with the bitterness of the beer and the smokiness of the chicken, seem to go well together. Yeah. Okay. So you said, so this is a double IPA. Mm-hmm. So they've like doubled their whole recipe and... In essence, I guess. Kind of got up to this, this sweet, rich, hoppy... How would you say this compares to their... Original IPA, just the the presidential IPA. In what regard? Because I mean, it's it's like you said, the the alcohol's up, the bitterness is up, the hops is up. Well, I, that's what I was just curious about. Is you know, are they night and day different? Do they just kind of are they? Could you tell that they're like basically the same recipe, or well, they're not what, the same recipe from the standpoint of of that. But 
they are definitely a clone or a, a child. You know, if this this two term is the adult, right? Then the original was just the child because it's much lower in alcohol, and lower in bitterness. Right. So it's a it's kind of a scaled back, but a lot of those flavors are still the same that you're getting. It would it's kind of more yes. a, a piney. Yeah. Tell us what you taste in this one. I don't think you've kind of talked about what you what you taste as the IPA guy in this. Just well, the beer by itself. So I, I I don't get the pininess that you always get, and I don't really. I get more pininess in the IPA than I get in this. Okay, or the Lagunitas IPA, rather. Okay, so what do you taste in this one? Because this one, this one just seems to have um, more earthy aroma to me. Not really a a pine saw or anything like that aroma. Okay. Now, I didn't look up which hops. Now, that could be a lot of the difference, too. Right. So, uh, see what else they got. You know, they're, they're, they're now over, they were, they were in Little Rock, and they moved across to North Little Rock. They're at uh, 600 Broadway, I think it is. Yeah, they're right by the baseball park. And that's one of the things that's fun is you can go to Diamond Bear and get some food and get some beers and then just walk, what do you think it is, maybe three blocks? Like, to get to get to your seat, it's probably three blocks, but it's two blocks at the stadium. Exactly, yeah. And so then you go to the ballpark. Now, I haven't heard if they're going to be having games this year or not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what uh, minor league baseball decided. I suspect about. they're having games. I just don't know how many people are going to be in there. Right, I'm sure. Sure, they are having games. I don't have any other questions or anything. Anything else you want to tell us about the beer? Well, I'm just kind of looking at my note. Or Diamond Bear? I really like Diamond Bear because they, like you said, they're they're the forerunner to Arkansas. Now, you know, Lost 40 has done a lot of things that Diamond Bear hadn't been able to do. I think from a standpoint of who has more backing. Mm-hmm. You know, Lost 40 has a lot of money behind them. Right. So they're able to make, like you said, they were making a, a special little, I think it was like a five-gallon keg. Yeah, it was like a test Every batch. week. Mm-hmm. And Diamond, Diamond Bear just can't do that. But their their beers are award-winning beers. Yeah, I was going to say, I think, I'm pretty sure Diamond Bear still has more Great American Beer Festival medals than Lost 40. Yeah. Lost 40 has two, one for the brewery and one for one of their beers. And Diamond Bear has three or four mm-hmm. of their beers. Mm-hmm. Their Red Ale, their Pale Ale. Um, Pale Ale is actually, I think, on a couple. I really like their Pale Ale. Their Pale Ale is a true to English style. You talking about Lost 40? No. Diamond Bears. Okay. Well, I was going to say. Diamond Bears is great. I think so, too. I really enjoy that Pale Ale. You know, I don't drink the two term that often because it is very hoppy, <laughs> very bitter. And it's very filling, high in alcohol, <laughs> high in alcohol. You know, it's not really one and done, but it's getting getting up toward that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see what you're doing. I'm gonna try that. <laughs> you trying trying the cream blood? Tell me what you think about it. Um, I don't want to ruin it by me saying anything, so I'm gonna let you taste the beer and then I'll start talking about it. Well, that's good cream blood. <laughs> no yeah, it is. That is so freaking delicious. 
it is I like I, I don't even know like if all IPAs tasted like that <laughs> how this tastes with that creme brulee I would drink IPAs all day long like I get I get I, maybe that's what people get like they get that really citrusy that sweet the bitter the lightly bitter the tart and they get it all that that's what happens with this one is you know it's got enough sweetness to it that it just kind of it pulls it all through and you can like that I don't even know how to it just it tastes so dang good. What do you think? So I think your Lagunitas IPA pairs better with the cream blood. Okay. Now that's not to say that the two term didn't. It's just the two term has more bittering. So there was that, you know, that uh counter to the sweetness that the IP your Lagunitas seemed to have a better pair. Right. We can debate that all day long. Yeah. Because I, I, I'm the opposite. I think, I think the two-term tastes better than the, the Lagunitas. Oh, well, everybody, you know, why not? I mean, as, as we know, everybody tastes things differently. And because, you know, if I, taste things, is it, doing this. if I taste it like everybody else, nobody would like IPA. Mm-hmm. Right. What about best on plate? So I think for your plate, the uh, brat was the best. No, not the brat. The chicken. I think the chicken was the best with the smokiness really kind of helped out that beer. And then on my plate, it was the creme brulee. The creme brulee was my favorite pairing. The creme brulee was lights out. I have to agree. And like I just said, I thought it paired better with the Lagunitas than the two term. But as far as my plate, I think the brats, because of that, like we described, you're cooking it in that same beer and you're cooking the beer or the liquid down to where what you get on that brat is that coating of sweetness. Right. And then I tried it with, with the mustard, with the deli mustard, and that just adds another layer to it. Yeah. So that's, that's where I am. The cream brulee with yours and the brat. All right. Well, anything else you want to tell us about your beer? I, I haven't said it, but, you know, Diamond Bear being first in the state, you know, I love them. I want to stand behind them. I want to support them. Uh, Sometimes it's hard to find their beer because they sometimes, you know, their production is not as high as the, you know, it's like that whole thing about Anheuser-Busch. Right. They make a thousand. uh, Diamond Bear makes maybe a thousand barrels at the time they were having that argument. and. Anheuser-Busch is making a million. Right. Or 10 million or whatever the number was. A lot. <laughs> and then, you know, I just I just really want to support them. Russ and his wife have done a bang-up job. They're really stellar beers. Yeah. All of them. Yeah, it's, it's really good. And I think both of these beers have been, have been really good today. All right, well, we, uh, are you ready to blind? I guess so. All right, we'll get it poured up. All right, Dad, we got you poured up. So let's go ahead and jump into the blind. Well, I want to say what I'm using as my tasting notes. It's the deductive beer tasting method tasting grid. And so this beer is, uh, it's not ice cold. It's pretty cold, though, so I'm going to kind of go down that list. Um, As far as the beer color, it's sort of a, straw color uh you can't see through it it's got a white head 
there's some maybe a little cloudiness to it i'd say you know slight the foam color is is white so the head retention you know when i give it a little shake it uh you know i get a little i get a little more of the uh head coming out but it goes away it goes away quickly it does go away quickly so it's it's not nitrogen it's uh as far as the aroma let's see what i'm smelling here okay what is that so i get some sweetness i get some floridity i don't get you know nuts or charcoal or uh herbs i don't really get get a little a little pininess maybe no i don't get any spice it's not like the pininess that you were talking about with the uh, lagunitas don't get any real sour or smoke or anything like that let me give it a give it a little taste here what are you tasting that's what i'm trying to figure out so it's got a little sweetness i'd say a medium maybe medium plus now bitterness much lower than these two ipas tasted uh some acidity is low as well like i said the bitterness is Oh, let me take another. Maybe a little, a little bit of a salt. Oh. I think the salt's probably just food hanging. Yeah, left over from food. I, yeah, probably so. Yeah, I, I would, I would say the salt is definitely from the food. It's not actually from the beer. It's well carbonated, wouldn't you say? And it's, it's, you know, body's full, fullness and alcohol presence. Let's see. Mine was nine and yours was six and a half yeah this seems about the six five five six range yeah i agree with you this is on the on the middle to low end so i get some lingering characteristics that uh that little bit of bitterness that i taste yeah it kind of lingers with me on the finish the finish seems to be quite long okay um the quality of that finish seems to be good it's a fresh beer good and fresh wow how do you figure this out well yeah it's not a sour beer well that's why i was gonna go through in my mind well do it out do it out loud so everybody can hear it yeah it's it's not a sour beer it's not a nut brown it's not a porter it's not a pilsner it's not a uh god forbid it's a bud light again it's not it's got too much color <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's flavor a, right uh it's not a stout so i want to say kind of initial reaction it's maybe a new england style pale ale okay meaning that uh you know it's got kind of got that haziness to it okay it's uh it's sweet it's floral not real bitter it's uh trying to think here it's uh like i said it's probably is it, is it citrusy or is it malty well that's a good one i'd say it's citrusy okay so which is gonna be so you're it's down not at, hot forward well it's hold on it could be hot forward it could be citrus hops Oh yeah, because remember be. citrus forward is gonna probably mean hop forward. Oh now, yeah. Let's see what would that be. So it's, I think it's, 
I think I might be tasting some Cascade hops or some. Uh, so if it's it's not the it's not the noble hops that you have with, you know, a big IPA or anything. Well, so you so you initially said that this was a a New England style pale ale. I did. So say would that. a pale ale if it was if it was a pale ale, wouldn't it be more malt driven? Yeah. So since it is, it has that malty sweetness, right? And you just said that it's hot forward. Yes. What could it be? Well, we just said it might be <laughs> a New England pale ale. Nick, okay. Well, I think I'm going to go with that it's a New England pale ale. All righty. With a, you know, a alcohol content of four, four and a half to maybe six. Okay. All right. Well, you have to come back next week to figure out what my dad is drinking. And so next week is going to be a liquor week, and it's going to be a special, a special week. Marie's going to be on the podcast with us again, and we're going to be doing St. Liberty whiskeys that she's going to be bringing us to try. Yeah, she's bringing three different ones. Josh will try one, I'll try one, and Marie will try one. Well, we'll all try them all, but... but uh... I think, I think Bree's already tried them all. She she has. So I guess she gets to pick her favorite. Yeah. So she Saint Liberty. It's going to be a pretty cool, uh, cool story to hear about Saint Liberty and what they're doing and what traditions that they're honoring. So if you can find them, go ahead and get them so you can listen with us. If you can't find them, just go ahead and pour yourself a nice glass and give us and give us a listen while we while we chat about these. Might be talking about women's suffrage. You never know. You never know what's going to happen. So this has been a really good podcast, Dad, don't you think? I think so. I love these beers. Yeah. There's food left over, so we can snack for a while. <laughs> We're going to be snacking and drinking for a while. So I want to thank everybody for coming and listening and spending your time with us once again. And once again, we're really active on Instagram at Acquired Tastings. We're on Facebook. We are on Twitter. Uh, But everything kind of stems from Instagram. And so we're really excited for next week when we get to have another podcast with Marie. So once again, I'm Josh Mills. And I'm John Mills. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. And goodbye.